Welcome to What Is Your Bitcoin Story podcast with your host, Gigi. This is a podcast where we explore the fascinating world of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency through the personal experiences and stories of those who have taken the dive down the rabbit hole. We explore Bitcoin stories with a diverse range of guests, from early adopters, miners, maximalists, and traders. So join us on this exciting journey of past, present, and future Bitcoin, one story at a time. Proof of work has nice property that it can be relayed to untrusted middlemen. We don't have to worry about a chain of custody of communication. It doesn't matter who tells you a longest chain, the proof of work speaks for itself. Satoshi Nakamoto. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What Is Your Bitcoin Story podcast. And today we have a very special guest, not another, but G Money himself, who has had a very interesting journey so far. And I personally have been very curious on getting him on and asking him the infamous question of what is your Bitcoin story? So G-Money, good morning and welcome on the show. Good morning, Gigi. Good to be here. We've all kind of gone down our various rabbit holes, but I've been in the space since probably 2016 and I've gone through the shit coinery and all the loops and all the craziness. And here we are, we're doing a, we're doing a show with you. So this is cool. Thanks for having me on. Very welcome, and it's a pleasure. And as always, also, you have a quite vibrant and deep community in in the Bitcoin space. And I'd love to hear what was your entrance to what got you to where you are now? Yeah, so that's a great question. I'm what you would consider an old school Ron Paul guy. So if you guys are familiar with Ron Paul in the rest of the world type of scenario, he was a very staunch in the Fed gold guy. And so... I realized the Federal Reserve was a private corporation a long time ago, and I followed Mr. Paul. I voted for him. I never voted for the the regular clowns that they put in front of us because I always thought the money was the biggest issue that we always had. And my biggest thing was always gold. Like I thought gold was our only way to fight back or at least preserve our wealth. And so I followed him and I bought a bunch of gold. And when I started getting online and getting into computers more as my job would dictate, I fell into some rabbit holes. Like I was on the Silk Road, right? I was on there and I knew of Bitcoin and I heard of Mt. Gox and it just looked like one big federal FBI honey trap. So like I played around on there, but even Bitcoin was scary to me. I was like, I should get some of this, but I'm scared because it like literally these people are going to come arrest me. And so I was like, I don't, I had a family or I was just like, it's not worth it to probably get involved, right? Because there was all this stuff on Silk Road that was illegal. And so I thought it was literally one big just federal honeypot. And so I probably could have bought Bitcoin at probably sub $100. But I initially was, you know, was scared. And then the Mt. Gox crash, I'm like, oh, it's a total scam. And so I steered (laughs) away from it for a while. Because I was scared. I was like, it's a federal honey trap. I'm going to get arrested and I should stay off the dark web. And so that was my first, at least like awareness of Bitcoin. But then a couple of years later, um, I'm a big bourbon whiskey connoisseur. Okay. So I like very nice, really rare whiskeys and stuff. And so 
there's this one there's this one whiskey called Pappy Van Winkle, right? And it's a very elusive and hard whiskey to get. It's always on allocation and it's really hard. You can't barely get it. And I go scouring the web and I'm looking for whiskey and I find this Canadian website and this guy put a lot of time and effort into this website. <clears throat> The guy made this super professional website. It looked like a legitimate business, right? It All the whiskeys were on there with all this different pricing. And it was like, the prices were like, they weren't like, they were reasonable. And it was like, like I think maybe this guy's just, maybe he's out of the country. He can sell it. The caveat was he only accepted Bitcoin. And I was like, oh man, here we are at Bitcoin again. But but like buying whiskey, right? Buying whiskey isn't like really like illegal. Like so yeah, well, yeah, yeah. there's like gun parts and there's drugs and there's there's all this crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I was like, that's for sure illegal. But like, I'm like, I'm just buying alcohol. That's not illegal. And by that time, uh, Coinbase and all this other stuff, and it was a little bit more mainstream. It was still around four or $500 a coin. And so I was like, mm. all right, you know what? I'm going to finally <laughs> dive and buy some Bitcoin because this guy has whiskey that I want. And the the price is a lot lower than where it is. That thing, it's too good to be true. It probably is, right? And so, yeah. So I go on Coinbase. I buy, I think I bought like a couple coins. I was like four or 500 bucks. I bought maybe yeah. two, two coins. Yeah. And this guy's okay, check out and just send the Bitcoin to this address. And so he created an invoice. Like it was super legitimate. Created an invoice. I sent the Bitcoin. I sent point, point 0.8 Bitcoin to him, right? Which at the time was probably around $300, $400. And I got the receipt back. It looked like it worked. I was like, okay, it worked. Cool. I'm going to maybe get some whiskey yeah. here. And then, um, yeah, the whiskey never showed up. Nothing came. <laughs> wow. So I got rugged. So my first interaction with Bitcoin was I got a rug. I got rug pulled. And then online, we there was a couple of other guys that got rugged too. So we created this little like Facebook group to try to figure out like who this guy was and like try to track him down. But it was a couple hundred bucks and it was like a learning experience. And after that, I was like, holy shit, I need to look into this. And that was my first interaction with Bitcoin was a rug pull. Maybe it was, what was it? The Kirk sitting on the other end trying to sell some fake, fake whiskey. But hey, that, that's crazy. The first interaction is a rug pull i guess it's a destiny then that you have the rug pull radio show right it led to something yeah it's not <laughs> wow. a destiny. It manifested itself as rug pull radio yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it grows on okay so from that rug pull and getting together with your friends and trying to find who this individual was what was the next step in in your journey yeah so obviously the next step after that is holy cow there's a whole system over here that is completely 24 hours a day it still seemed kind of like the wild west, but I was willing to take a chance on it. Still wasn't into cold wallets and stuff. I was just playing around on mm. Coinbase. And then I signed up for probably every other exchange, KU coin, Bittrex, all these other different KU coins. All yeah. Them, yeah. I forget them all now because it's been a while, but created 20 accounts. I had probably 30 different shit coins. And I was like, ah, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to kill it. The only shit coins that didn't go to zero was like, I had like red coin and pink coin and all these other, and the only ones that didn't the go whole to zero, rainbow. yeah, the only ones that didn't go to zero was like Bitcoin and Dogecoin. And so I was like, Dogecoin <laughs> I like just because Elon Musk promoted. I'm like, there's something weird with this Elon guy, but it was always just a small bag just because it was fun or whatever. But then I started digging into Bitcoin. And so after mm -hmm. getting rugged on all the shit coins. I dug deeper into Bitcoin and I was like, wait a minute, what's going on over here? And it's crazy because like I FOMO'd, like I sold my, I had a 69 Mustang fastback, a very nice 
old wow. car, right? And I sold it when Bitcoin first hit 20,000. And I sold my car, I bought, and I went all in on Bitcoin FOMO, right? And all my friends are like, don't do it, don't do it. I'm like, dude, this is the technology forward, dude. And then I got rugged again, right? It goes all the way to three grand. After I sold my, literally sold my Mustang, went all in. The first time hit 20K, I was like, this is it. And then boom, sure enough, rug pull again. I'm just a glutton for punishment at this point. I'm like, oh my gosh. But by that time, I was a true believer. So I didn't care if it went to zero. I was like, screw everybody. Like I'm buying more. I bought more at 3,000. I bought more at 4,000. I bought more. Like I bought it literally all the way down. I never leveraged my Bitcoin. I never gambled on it. So at least I learned my lesson and I knew, hey, there's something here. And I am a diehard like Bitcoiner because I had that background from gold. And then as digging deeper into it, being the Genesis block and coming from zero and then the distribution of the coins and how it was a fair, equal opportunity. I was like, no, this is it. And this is the end all be all. And so I got made fun of constantly. A lot of us have, right? We get constantly beat up. And to even admit you're a Bitcoiner sometimes is you're putting yourself out there for some punishment. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. But I love the aspect that you mentioned. If I may just jump in the TikTok next block. Once you understand that this is a system that's programmed in, there is no tampering. There is, there is no quantitative easing or boosting rates or all of this mumbo jumbo Ponzi skits. It's beautiful. Once you see that the math is there and, and kind of, and we are all controllers, right? Of Bitcoin. There, there is no one CEO, president, foundation, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's one point that a lot of people miss out, especially when they venture into the space. They think, where do I gain the most profits on? But you shouldn't be looking at the profit. You should be looking at the power aspect. And definitely something that we can maybe touch upon later in, in, in this recording, the software, the, the new book by Major Jason Lurie, that really uncovers the real power behind Bitcoin, not just the initial peer-to-peer cash, which was famously written by Satoshi Nakamoto in the white paper, but there's a lot more implications. And especially when you talk about the self-sovereignty and kind of this CBDC chaos that we're looking at rolling into with blind eyes, I think as we move forward, Bitcoin's going to play a much, much more important and fundamental role in our lives. And these people that were laughing at what we've been doing and saying there's a future in it, at some point they're going to have to enter in. And is that 100K, 20, 200K? It doesn't really matter, but at some point they are going to have to join. It's, It's make or break. Yeah, it's inevitable. They don't really have a choice at this point. And humanity has a choice, right? And my perspective is probably a lot different than a lot of Bitcoiners, right? A lot of Bitcoin maxis, a lot of other people, they still, a lot of them still think like some random Japanese guy invented this technology in his basement, right? In his mom's house. And it's like, guys, that's not what's happening here. There is a larger picture plan. And I'm, and I'm probably one of the Q guys, right? They call it QAnon, they call it Q, whatever you want. A military information campaign to help awaken people. And if we were truly going to have a a worldwide new foundation for a monetary system, it wouldn't be just some random guy. There would be some people involved at some level to maintain the network, protect the network at all costs. I would imagine there was probably many times I would imagine there was probably scary times in Bitcoin's history. We've seen some of the, the bugs and whatever to where we were at a reasonable concern for losing the network. And so I think a lot of people have to understand is humanity was given the perfect weapon for everybody. You're in a country far away from me and we don't fight under a common flag or a common country, right? But we fight under a common flag and that flag is Bitcoin. And so we can all peacefully 
fight back against this entrenched enemy, by the way, who's everywhere. It's not just in America. It's in your country. It's in Europe. Correct. It's in Africa. It's in Australia. And so how do we as a people come together, right, without picking up guns, without picking up swords, without destroying each other? Because we know every time we get into a war, we end up with more centralization of power, right? So this is literally the hash war to end all wars, right? This is armistice that will eventually happen to where we can all come together and replace the evils of this world, the world, the central bankers, you know, once and for all. And so, like I said, I think my perspective is a little different than a lot of normal Bitcoiners, which I think is unique. And it's a fun rabbit hole, right? There's a ton of fun rabbit hole stuff I think you've seen in probably some of our chats in our group. <laughs> we haven't. And for the listeners who are wondering, what is this chat? Maybe you can give out a shout in the chat and tell the story of how you came around to, to, to launching it and how that came around. The channel on Telegram is Bullion Bitcoin BS. So it's just B-U-I-L-I-O-N or Bullion Bitcoin BS. And so what happened was we were big on Twitter. So I was a group of anons who were researching the Q drops on the 4chan and 8chan boards. Like I was probably first first month Q started dropping. I was there like researching all the drops and like going through that. And so our group of 30 people, we would get a billion views a month on Twitter. So literally our group of people would share and research content would get up to a billion views a month. Okay. That's an aggregate, right, from the whole group or whatever. Correct, so, yeah, yeah. But after a while, we all got removed from Twitter. So we literally, all of us got removed. All of our research was gone. But still, I've always been like the black sheep of the Anon community because I've been strictly, I've been Q, but mostly, most of my stuff has been Bitcoin because, again, like the arrest and if that stuff's going to happen, like that doesn't matter because if you don't replace the money, like they're just going to corrupt the system in 10, 20 years down the line if they can control the money. and so. My perspective has always been a lot different, I think, than a lot of the anons to that degree. But and so what happened was we all got kicked off. We went to Getter and we went to, I don't know, some other random, I forget it now. I think we went to Reddit. And then but eventually we all ended up on Telegram. Okay. And so that's when all of us just started creating our own channels. And then we created some of the guys created We the Media, which was like this bigger aggregate of all of us who would post to. And then we each created our channels. Okay. That, that, that was interesting because that was also a question that I wanted to know for myself, kind of how did you come around? And definitely for the listeners of the episode, if you haven't joined already, then open up your Telegram and join it because you'll learn a lot and you will also have a wonderful laugh because you guys, I must say, hands down and take my hat off uh, with the Anon memes and the Pepe's, you take it away. And it's, a, it's an amazing, healthy community to be in because there's a lot of Bitcoin and, and alternative shitcoin groups out there that it, it's very toxic and people are fighting each other and trying to prove a point. Uh, but what I love in, in, in your guys' group is that it, it's very supportive. And it's, as you said, we all stand under this one common Bitcoin orange pill flag and kind of help each other to, to fight and suppress this, these central bankers that, as you said, are all over the world. We, we all need to oblige to, to the same masters that not yourself, not myself, we didn't vote for them. We were just born into this system and kind of told, this is the way it is, um, young Joe. But with Bitcoin, it's the first time that we actually have a way to unplug from the system, the matrix, the whatever you want to call it, and actually take control of ourselves and preserve not just wealth, but preserve our, our self-dignity and the self-sovereignty 
for ourselves, for our children, grandchildren, and so forth. I, I also have two young daughters of myself, and I, I see Bitcoin as not just some small investment. That's their freedom fund for the future, because in, in 17, 18 years' time, when they need to go to college, if we'll even have college, who knows what the world will be like in 18 years, they will have, they call it the most freedom to choose what to do. So I think going back to kind of um, the the taking power back into our hands is something super important that a lot of people, as you said, Maxis, they miss out. And, and a lot of people focus on the monetary aspect of it. And I also don't like focusing on the price too much. Price is nice, but I myself, I don't sell. I don't remember the last time I sold Bitcoin. I basically buy nearly bi-weekly. Oh, sorry, bi-monthly. And every paycheck I get, 5 to 10% goes straight into it because 5 to 10% is not going to change the life, li- livelihood of my family. But in the long term, this 5 to 10% that goes into Bitcoin of, of every purchase, it's going to be a no-brainer. And actually, recently, with the dips and everything that we're seeing currently as we speak, I'm not sure when this recording will come out, but the current kind of crushing of banks and the Credit Suisses and the Silicon Valley banks I've been allocating much more than a 5 to 10% because I don't feel safe at all keeping my money in the bank. And the bank managers have already been calling, where is all this money going to? And um, the answer is to safety. There is no Bitcoin because if you mention Bitcoin, the account's going to get closed. So it's just self-preservation. But yeah, it's pretty, I wouldn't just call it phenomenal. It's as you guys have it in the group, it's a biblical time that we're literally going through because I think now it's the last chance to really fight it off before this Orwellian state really kicks in and they already have full control of what we visit, where we go, especially with these superpower computers that we have in our pockets called iPhones and Androids. Everything's tracked in them. And once they plug in the CBDCs, wow, it's, it's going to be a hard way to go back. So I think we have to do everything we can to share with our peers, friends and family and try and get them to wake up and opt out of the system before it's too late. Yeah, and so I've I recently released a Substack article called the Kofefi Dig, and so if you ever remember Trump tweeting Kofefi, I've yeah. done of yeah. hours and years of research of being in the movement and everything. If you go to Substack, my Substack account name is Pappy G forty five. So Pappy from the whiskey that I got mm. rubbed on. That's where my name <laughs> comes from. <laughs> Oh, wow. I was going to say Pappy, Pappy wow. is the Pappy Van Winkle that I initially got rugged on with, with the whiskey and give a 40,000 foot view of possibly how this plan is coming together in that context. And you're right though. Like um, you're not just preserving your energy and your wealth, but you're actually protecting your DNA. Like we have an animalistic pattern and DNA structure of humanity. And what happens is they're trying to whitewash and over basically override our innate, right, primordial needs and nature of of being human. And they're literally trying to erase that from our psyche. And so this really is the battle of all battles. Like all marbles are on the table. Nothing else really matters if unless we don't win the war against the bankers. And information is power, right? Information is power. And we're living in a world of disinformation, right? An ordinary yeah. piece of paper is literally disinformation. And so the world has become so crazy with all of this disinformation, but we can always go back to Bitcoin. The sun will always rise tomorrow and the next block will always be mine. And we say something like, nothing can stop what is coming, like literally nothing. And we're all in this together too. Like you said, fight under that same Bitcoin flag without having the destruction and the bloodshed to that degree. And so it's just an honor to serve with all of you guys, truly. Likewise, I'm happy to be connected and have these fellow 
um, comrades on and to, to learn of each other and, and help share the light. Let me ask you then another question. So personal question, do you run your own Bitcoin node and where do you stand on the node aspect of Bitcoin? Yeah, I run probably two or three nodes. I don't run lightning channels yet. I don't, it's still a little, lightning is still a little fresh. Still a little, yeah, still a little <laughs> for me, but I do run nodes. I've got multi-sig setups. I've got, I do have a consulting business now that's got into this to where I assist people in getting set up in self-custody. So if you go to inthebankers.com, what's funny, when I first started doing this myself, like I would wake up in the middle of the night in cold sweats because I was worried about like my Bitcoin. Oh my gosh, is it in my wallet? Is it in my USB? Is it on the network? Like, where is it? Like, where's my Bitcoin exactly? And part of understanding it would have been helpful to have somebody I could have paid as like a consultant to be like, here's what you need to do. Here's how you can be safe. And so I'm that advisor mentor for people that can now give them that, that safety to where it's like, you can sleep safely. I'm going to help you set up a wallet. I'm going to help you preserve your wealth and then take it off the exchange so that you can't get a rug. And so I think that's the most important part. And it's crazy because clients every day that I meet with, I feel like I'm freeing them from the matrix. It's like such a crazy feeling when you're like, you set up their first hardware wallet and you send them a test transaction. And then you go through the process of restoring it to make sure they did it right. And then you, you battle hard in their setup. And then like they start moving sats off in exchange. It's a beautiful thing. It's like you are being removed. <laughs> like literally, I feel like I'm pulling them out of the matrix. You're unplugged like, like in the matrix. One by one, <laughs> one by one, I'm pl- unplugging these people. And it's, it's such an awesome feeling. It's holy cow. This is incredible. Yeah, that, that, that's amazing. Maybe you could mention once again, the website for the listeners that, that didn't hear it. What is the website where they can go ahead and book the consultation? Yeah, it's in the bank and the <laughs> in the bankers and the bankers.com with, with my, my group is called with the, the perfect domain. Yeah, exactly. In the bankers.com, Opland Bitcoin Group is what we do. And we offer free consultations just to get a profile of what you're doing, what you're trying to do. And I dissect, okay, you can probably tune up your your protocol by doing these things. And yeah, it's just super cool that I get to do that now. And it's manifested itself to that. And it's your nice way of giving the philanthropy, right? Instead of charging up in advance for it. And I guess it's the self-satisfaction of, as you said, when you have these daily calls that get the people the aha moment and, oh my God, I'm free. That's the best remuneration. No matter how much you get paid, it, it still doesn't beat the feeling of people being grateful and on the safe side there. They're on shore. They're not out in, in, in the wild waters waiting for the next whale to come and wipe them out. Exactly, All right. exactly what it's like. And what would you say G-Money was, would be another thing, essentially, people that are still on, on the sidelines and are still skeptical on Bitcoin. What would you advise them? What's a good way to get on the right path and where we stand in time? I've always been one that you can't really force this pill on people. And the more you mm. talk about it to someone that's not willing to receive it, you're not going to get anywhere with it. And so my biggest advice would be just to just comfort those and be like, hey, I know how you're feeling. If you want to look into this, here's maybe here's a Michael Saylor video or a Safe Dean video <laughs> to get them interested in yeah. just what is money. But um, I find the biggest problem some people try and do is force that orange pill. And so you're not going to be able to force this awakening on people. The awakening has to come naturally. Okay. The awakening has to come naturally. If it doesn't, you're just wasting your time. You have to help those that are willing to receive the signal. And a lot of people just aren't ready yet. And unfortunately, and yeah, unfortunately that's they're going to have to go through pain. They're going to have to suffer that pain. But the, the only way for them to awaken is to suffer pain, unfortunately. And that's, but again, mm. 
the slow onboarding of Bitcoin is essential to its success, right? If we would have all got onboarded in 2016 sure. and we would all had all the Bitcoin, like yeah. that would have defeated the purpose of the entire network, right? Because sure. it'd still be hands in the power, power in the hands of a few. And that's not the point. The point is to distribute the wealth over a longer time frame so that everybody has an equal opportunity to awaken in some degree. Yeah. Now, some aren't are going to go later than others, but that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. The fact that you mentioned pushing upon people can actually drive people further away. So I agree with you on, on, on that one. It, it, we just have to wait for the right moment. And I'm a true believer that in everything in life happens for a reason. And there is a reason that some people haven't woken up yet. What that reason is, God knows. But at some point, sooner or later, they will. Um, also, what we can see what's happening in, in, in Africa, right? What we call the third world country, the undeveloped country, they're utilizing Bitcoin through their Nokia 3310s without any internet and just smashing it in that way. Whilst the developed countries are still now hoggling, oh, where do I hold my stonks? Oh my God, my bank is going to go on a bank run. And it's just funny, right? You see where we stand, how the paradigm shifting and the very unprivileged are getting in some sort of an advanced heads up compared to the privileged, right? Which is an interesting concept. But that is essential to the fair distribution, right? If America yeah. was on board, if Americans were onboarded first, that wouldn't be fair. America, and, and we take responsibility for that, I do at least, that I understand that we've exported inflation to every other poor country on the nation. So like their hardships are technically our fault. And so when Americans mm -hmm. kind of feel like that, it's a shitty feeling. Like we don't, I, that mm -hmm. doesn't mean feel good that we've had to harm all these other people because of our monetary system, okay? And so what you realize no. is that the onboarding of those other countries first is a fair distribution, right? They are first because they are the most exploited. They are the most affected by inflation. So this plan is perfect in that sense to where these poor countries, El Salvador, Venezuela, Nigeria, Africa, right? They're getting onboarded now as they should be. They should be first to this technology yep. because they have been taken advantage of the most. And it's an interesting thing as this wave of inflation comes to America because America is going to get hit, but we're going to probably get hit last. And the awakening for Americans is going to be a big splash of cold water in the face. But a lot of Americans probably won't be able to buy it until it's 100K, 500K, who knows, right? But that's only a fair distribution of the wealth and how that works. And I think it's an essential feature of the protocol, not a bug you know, in that sense. And then we have, we have the Space Force. We have Jason Laurie, which you mentioned earlier, the software book, right? Yeah. So if this was a military plan, like I believe it was, we now have Space Force involved. And what is Space Force involved in? They're involved with Starlink, Elon Musk. And now we have mm. satellites, thousands of satellites of decentralized internet all across the globe <laughs> to where literally like nothing can stop it. Like we could go through a complete nuclear wasteland and all the satellites probably have nodes and miners on board, mind you, right? So the protocol probably. would never stop. Like literally a lot, 80% of Earth could be like toasted and the bankers would still lose, right? Because the satellites probably all have miners and Bitcoin nodes up there floating around right now. The constellation gets together, no pun intended, right? It's uh, I, That's a very big fact, which I think a lot of people are missing and definitely one thing to take back to the subtrack you mentioned about the Kvifi, I actually read it this morning and I would recommend everyone listening to this episode to go out and read it. And I'm actually waiting for the next 
part to drop because I came to the end and I'm hungry to learn more. And, and it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, myself also having, having roots back to, to, to the native country of Nikola Tesla and the numbers control the universe. I think there's a very strong truth in that. And a lot of people, especially in today's confusing and call it, well, not just confusing, but what's the word that I'm looking for? It's hidden. It's esoteric, right? It's a hidden Correct. Um, magic Correct. that people aren't really attuned to. Confused. That's the word. Confused world that we live in, right? With all these distractions, all these fake wars and fake things that, that and institutions, as you said, this private company that dictates how much money is printed into the world. It's just chaos. It's crazy. And the common sense is not that common anymore. And then going back to what, what, what the numbers that you're lying and as as you mentioned in it, it takes a few reads, especially for the average anon that reads it for the first time. And they're like, oh my God, gee, money, that, that can't be true. Like, the, what is this conspiracy theory? What is this you're smoking on? But this is no joke. Once you put the stars together and, and it all makes sense and it comes together, it's very powerful stuff. Um, I, I guess what's, we could go on and talk about this for another hour or so, but we know time is of an essence and we... As we are a new podcast, we want to keep it shorter and we'd love to have you, G-Money, on, on, on another future episode as we grow. But what would be your kind of last message that you would want to leave the audience with? And what would be your closing remarks? I think it's just a message of hope. I think we are winning. And it, even though it might not look like we're winning, we're going to win. <laughs> there, there's nothing that's going to stop Bitcoin from being the new foundation of the financial system. And we just have to continue to manifest that. If we manifest that, it will become reality. So choose your own destiny, right? Choose doom and gloom and utter chaos or choose peace yeah. and happiness and the future for humanity because we can all, right, be better if we all join up and take them down. We are in a war still and it sucks. Everybody's dealing with a lot of stuff. But I think the biggest thing is uh, hope. You couldn't have said it better. I fully agree. And once again, G-Money, thanks a lot for taking the time to, to jump on here. It was a pleasure having you on. And as I said, I would love to have you back at a later stage. And as we move forward, um, let, let, let's see how, how our war carries on. And, and let's have the faith strong, help each other, peace and love and prosperity. And I'm looking forward to having you back on soon. Anytime, brother. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of What Is Your Bitcoin Story podcast. Remember to subscribe and share with your friends and family. For more valuable Bitcoin resources, visit our website at whatisyourbitcoinstory.com. Keep stacking sats, stay safe, spread the Bitcoin revolution.